Halka Merchawite, Chanel Merchahi. Hello, let's talk. My name is Chanel. Welcome to another episode of Indigenize, a podcast created by students of SDSU's Native Resource Center. The NRC is a cultural center that serves the Native American student population and students who are part of the American Indian Studies Department at SDSU. Each week, we will drop a new episode that has a theme that we prepared for you. If you follow our Instagram, at SDSU Native RC, you will receive exclusive previews of upcoming episodes as well as opportunities to be a guest. We will have a segment specially for questions and comments submitted by community members. You can speak on anything, but we definitely appreciate participation regarding the week's topic. This week's topic is microaggressions. The term microaggressions refers to commonplace verbal, nonverbal, or environmental offenses that can be either intentional or unintentional, that communicate hostile, derogatory, or prejudicial attitudes towards stigmatized or culturally marginalized peoples. Microaggressions are categorized as microassaults, which can be more overt, less subtle discrimination, microinsults, that some are meant to sound like a compliment, but are really just exclusionary discrimination, or micro-invalidations, like uh, dismissing underrepresentation or like lowered expectations, or the common phrase, I'm colorblind. Microaggressions are different from in-your-face racism because they're subtle. Many of us only realize later what happened. What was it about that conversation that made me so uncomfortable? Why did I feel so uncomfortable walking the aisles of that store? Why do I feel this way? It's some subtle look or a backhanded compliment, some criticism through a smile. And how do you confront something so small without being perceived as overreacting or being overly sensitive? Do we even need to confront something that seems so small? Is it our problem to solve? This week, I was joined with Amanda and Chris of the Native Resource Center, and Derek, a fellow student. I spoke with them about their experiences and tools that they have to deal with microaggressions and their thoughts of the lasting effects of... Hello, Han. I'm Amanda Flores, and uh, my Lakota name is Kamimi La Wia Washte, and I'm Oglala Lakota from um, South Dakota. Do you have an experience that you would like to share that you feel comfortable with sharing? And Yeah, so microaggressions, for me, it's been something that, you know, I'm really thankful there's a label finally because I have experienced microaggressions my whole life. Like I grew up in South Dakota where you know, it's racism exists daily all the time. I, you know, when you look look at our census and population in South Dakota, you know, it, natives make up about 10% of the state and 80 to 90% is, is white. And then there's a small percentage that are, you know, non-native and other people of color but it happens on on a regular basis there and it happens when i was very little a lot of different micro assaults a lot of different you know not not even just like verbal but a lot of nonverbal a lot of just 
signs my entire life and that's why again I'm really thankful that you know we do have a label because now I can say wow that's a microaggression and it makes me feel better knowing that I could label what that what that exactly was and what was happening to me my entire life. No, that's understandable. When you're out in the world and something happens and it, it makes you uncomfortable in this sort of like, why, why do I feel, if, did they did they slap me in the face? No, like why do I feel like they slapped me and I, they just used words or they just looked at me weird. Like, and um, knowing what microaggressions are and like the different categories of microaggressions really has made it easier to identify. Like, And then it becomes like, okay, that's on them, that's not on me. Mm -hmm. So their prejudices or whatever they think of me and my people mm -hmm. or just people of color in general, like that's not a me problem. <laughs> like it, like without the label, I always felt like it was a me problem. Mm -hmm. Like no, it's a them problem. <laughs> yes, so. yeah. Do you have like a specific incident or do you just... I mean, there's, there's a specific that I think of that was more like recent and it was just when me and my family were at a local farmer's market and a lot of, you know, the local farmers there were uh, predominantly white and it's just something that, you know, I noticed and I was like kind of like looking around and I'm like in every different vendor that we went up to, we were not welcomed like they were welcoming other, you know, white folk and it was just, it was interesting. It was almost like we were blatantly ignored as we would walk up and, you know, try and um, access, you know, some fruits and vegetables that were locally grown. It was just really bizarre and weird, but that is just an example that I was like, I left there and I was like, you know what, we're never coming back here again. Um, and there's been like other cases too, like me and my family, like we've been pulled over by the police and just because we're, you know, we're dark <laughs> and of course they didn't find anything wrong, you know, try and say something like we ran through a light or something when that's not the case, but it happens a lot there and, um, it happens everywhere. I remember that. Um, I was working out uh, out in the mountains, and on my way home, I have to pass through like the border check. Um, the border patrol has like this little station where like people drive through, and they'll stop questionable vehicles and pull them into the secondary lane and search their vehicle. And they would search me every day because, well, I mean. In my opinion, it would be because I am brown, and at the time I was driving kind of a, kind of like a beater car, mm -hmm. and it was, it was a Geo Metro. It was the tiniest beater car, and like one day, some one of them was like, "So are you hiding anyone in your car?" And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" As if I even could. You yeah. can see, <laughs> like here, let me pop the trunk for you. <laughs> like, right, take a look. <laughs> like, I am not hiding anything other than a messy car, <laughs> and. If I had somebody who was white or white passing in my car, when I had the beater car, they wouldn't stop me. Mm. It was just, just when it was just me or me and another brown person. How do you cope with them? Because, mm. I mean, like you said, you've been experiencing them your whole life, and I would yeah. imagine it would be hard not to internalize that. Yeah. But having a label and knowing what that is and knowing that it's a them problem, not a you problem, mm -hmm. is there some sort of toolkit that you have that you can deal with these things for yourself yeah. and for your family? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's such a good question. I, 
You know, I have learned, because I've had to deal with these my entire life, I've learned how to compartmentalize a lot of my, my like, emotions and thoughts. And I, like, you know, it's not always a good thing, but it helped me when I was younger. And then really, I think now as I'm an older person, I've learned to just like relearn like that. I'm in this constant phase in my life of like relearning. And part of what I learned is that you got to allow yourself to feel these emotions, right? Feeling them. And if it, if it is, you know, let's say if someone does say something to you, allow yourself to feel angry. So feel the emotion and don't be ashamed of the emotion. So allow yourself to feel is what I could really um, say helped me and in processing that with somebody so processing it with some supportive person that you have in your life whoever that might be maybe maybe it's a family member maybe it's um, you know an advocate and and really doing something about it if you feel like it's something that you want to put your energy towards because a lot of this is like it is it's like it'll take away all of your energy and it's whether or not you want to you know help them understand that hey what they said was not okay so take you know take that on if you if you feel you do have the energy and if you feel like that person's actually going to be you know woke <laughs> to what you're saying because sometimes you're just working with talking or speaking with somebody or whoever it is that you're you don't want to waste your time on them because you know at the end of the day are they really going to understand or they are they going to care or have the compassion to care um i know that um i've used the the native resource center as a as a place to come and vent about microaggressions uh, to add on to what you're saying it, it would be important to find a safe place to talk about that because i know that Jen had mentioned that it's like stars and constellations, these individual instances of something happening that turn into this huge thing that affects my life. Mm -hmm. And just because you saw like one part of it, does that invalidate the whole experience? Like, cause it isn't an individual thing. Like you were saying, like you yeah. feel, you felt this for your entire life Yeah. about, um, compartmentalizing. I don't know who taught me that it was a good thing. But as I get older, I feel like compartmentalizing is like a very short-term solution, so mm -hmm. then it can be addressed later, but then I'm not really armed with the tools to address it later. Mm -hmm. So I just like, okay, I'm not allowed to feel these feelings right now, I'm going to put them in a box, and then I will address that later, and I open the box later, and I'm like, what do I do with this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. this is an incomplete mm -hmm. feeling. And it's kind of like when slime goes through your fingers, it's like, oh, what do I do? It's gross. <laughs> Sorry. I love that. Yes. Yes, it is. And that's why you do need a toolbox, you know? You need that toolbox of, of just certain things that you could learn to take care of yourself. It's that self-compassion. Because when you're putting something away as a temporary solution... You know, that's only ex exactly what you said, like piling up into some slime that's only going to just go right through your fingers and slip through it, and what do you do? So, yeah, I mean, finding the support, finding and being proactive about it too, right? That proactive self-care I think is really important too.
Uh, so Chris Medine, uh, director for the Native Resource Center. My pronouns are he, him, his. Do you have any experiences that you would like to share, or would you feel more comfortable just talking in broad strokes? Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, like, when you said, you know, share some experiences, maybe, the first thing I, I thought of was uh, just a few weeks ago at the grocery store. <laughs> the grocery store? Yeah. Uh, it was minor, but that's what microaggressions are. They make you feel some sort of uncomfortable way about the experience or the interaction. Uh, sometimes, like, you know, you laugh about it or you make some sort of joke even um, to kind of defuse the, the situation in a lot of ways. And I remember being, like, feeling at the end of this encounter, I, I remember, like, I was like, I was just microaggressed. Because I, I, I thought I wanted to say something, and I was, I was going to, but you know what? I was like, never mind, I'll just leave. And so what happened, I, I was at the grocery store, I was like buying like noodles for the soup that I was going to make, and I went to the only place in my area that had that type of, of item. So literally the only thing I'm going to the store for. I go to the self-checkout, and uh, the self-checkout breaks when I scan the first item. And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and I'm at the register that's right next to the attendant. And so I was, like, trying to, like, exit out or something. And then I was like, F it, I'll just defer to the dude. And he was, like, watching me, like, struggle. And then I was like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's telling me that the item's not in the in the checkout area. And so he was trying to clear it. And then he just grabbed the, the item that was like on the, the little pressure plate or whatever. And he puts it into my like chest. And then he like, like shushes shooed, me. Like shooed you away? He didn't say anything, like at all. Ew. And it was like, I don't know if there was uh, like, a situation like that leaves you in this like space of like confusion and anger. I was like, dude, like you can tell me like this one's broken. You can go to another one or something. Like he literally didn't say anything. This is literally part of his job as customer yeah. service. Customer service and it was just terrible. And I'm like, it's it's those little things like that that can happen on a daily basis and leave you wondering, like, what the hell? <laughs> like, why wouldn't he speak to you? And I spoke to him, like, so he can understand that I knew English. But it, there's still this, I don't like, it's that the confusion at the end, right? Like, what yeah. just happened? And my thought process at the end was, like, do I go and, like, I'm checking out at a different uh, uh, self-checkout stand. And, you know, that one's working just fine, but I'm, like, fuming. I'm, I'm processing just what happened. And just as, like, a person, I was, like, not as a person of color, I was thinking going over there back to him and saying, like, that was really rude and unprofessional. Like, you could just tell me, like, can you go to another checkout stand? Like, this one's broken. Like, that's it. Literally, that's it. And it's, like, in a sense, that's what these microaggressions are. They strip away like little pieces of you as a person and it's like that's where it becomes extremely frustrating because if you don't know and recognize it you wouldn't have 
thought that uh, that as that an instance like that was something you know more ingrained, more systematic. I mean, but it could happen anyway, right? It could. Absolutely, and it does. And it does. It happens everywhere. I want to say the feeling that you have like helps you identify what happened. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't I take it personally? Like yeah. this happens all of the time. Uh, that's like part of the whole formation of of this systematic aggression because it's supposed to make you feel bad for confronting something that was wrong. It's like so if you ask that person like, or or confront them in that situation, like you also feel bad because you're challenging the system, and you're not supposed to do that. Like that's not what a good good uh, uh, minoritized person does. Like you're supposed to obey. That was, you know, that's that's, how the, point, that's right? the point, right? Yeah. That's oh, that is so uncomfortable. But but also think of the mental strain too. If you do challenge, it's like he anybody can say like defend the system, combat you in that circumstance. It's like oh, it wasn't like that. They can completely deny and gaslight you. No, I know what I saw. I know what I'm seeing. I know what I feel. Mm-hmm. And if I were to do the same to you, yeah, then you would feel you would feel affronted by me. Mm-hmm. There's all different types of microaggressions, uh, parents, but um, it's what visually confronts people first. Um, you know, like going, crossing the street, or someone walking. There's this assumption of criminality. There's uh, basically all of these these microaggressions are based out of what they make about other people, and it's like when it, when I when that happened, I'm like, what was the assumption? Like, that's what I just didn't understand. So, this one instance, what do you think affected you, like, when you put it all together? A lot of it's made me stronger, because it's made me want to learn more on how to find what these interactions really are, and put in my work to, like, break them down so that they don't continue to happen to other people. So I recognize that, you know, for, for some folks, it's, it's really detrimental when, when these things happen. And I don't know, I guess I've been raised with tough skin. And so try to be mindful of that as well. Like I go, that's, uh, it, it speaks the language of the oppressor. Uh-huh. That's the, that's the, you know, every everyone's a quote unquote aggressive looks different and that's okay. mine. Okay, I can relate to that pretty heavily. I've had to deal with on a very personal level that did not appreciate the way that I um, confronted them because there was no way to weasel way out of it because I used their words and I brought up the fact that you mm-hmm. just contradicted yourself. Like, could you-, Did you say this? And I took it as you saying this. Is that true? I was like giving them a ch- chance to backpedal. Yeah. Like, or give them a chance to recognize what they said. Or, yeah, in some cases they double down. They're like, yeah, this is what I said. And then you really understand, okay, you know, where where they're, think of me outside of this space. And now I know. Um, Do myself be angry about it? Both with myself for not confronting, but with the situation too. And then, you know, I guess I just let it go. It's like I didn't hold on to it, and I completely forgot about it until right now when you asked mm-hmm. me. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, that was like a perfect example, you know? Like, that was, that was literally a few weeks ago. Uh, my dad told me was, um, like, anger is like 
poisoning yourself, expecting the other person to die. Mm. Like, it doesn't help you. Um, like, the standpoint of we're all upset about being microaggressed against all of the time mm -hmm. and having people to, like, be, like, it's like a healthy anger. Like, we're all outraged about this and we all feel a little more validated when we talk about it together. Yeah, absolutely. I really like my name is Derek Herrera. My tribal affiliation is I'm from Rincon Band of Luswenyo Indians up in Rincon Valley Center area, California. Second year at San Diego State studying political science and American Indian studies. First of all, do you have any like experiences that you would like to share where you like experienced microaggressions? Um, yeah, a lot in high school like instances of where we would talk about like the Sioux clans and um, the Trail of Tears and stuff. Literally people, you know, would have basically turned back in their chair and look at me because they know, well, I mean, it's a part of my identity and I don't hide it. But as if like I'm supposed to say something or give an explanation to, you know, why I'm here. Like if I suppose, if supposedly I died, I'm like, no, I'm like, you know, I'm flesh wow. and bone. Um, I thought you were going like in, in this other direction where it's like, oh, you're our Indian. So you better like you would inform us what we're doing. It's like, no, like, wow, like you're, you're here. here. Yeah. Oh, that's so gross. I think that's one of the biggest ones affected me. Other than that, like just being a California native, a lot of people have prejudice in terms of, you know, people like per capita, that mm -hmm. whole concept and stuff. Like the high school that I went to, people would always say stuff about that because there were a few kids coming from tribes that do get per cap coming in and so they'd ask me questions. But I mean, if I don't want to tell them about myself, why am I going to tell them about other people? Just like the, you know, in terms of being different or being like, you know, the minority of the minority, people think they don't have to put on a filter to ask you questions anymore or nothing is too intrusive it's not like we're like exhibits in a museum where like you go there to learn about us <laughs> like no we're people and we have our own like individual lives and our experiences so when those kind of things happen what was your like initial response well when i first when i first encountered the whole situation of microaggressions i never really knew what that meant until i guess looking back at it from a different standpoint, but in the moment, I kind of just taken back very much because I didn't, like, I guess taken back means just taking a moment of silence for a little and then deciding what to say because this situation makes me uncomfortable or I feel like uncomfortable or prejudiced <laughs> against me. Um, um, when I made it into state, my, my was like, oh, well, you got in because you're native. Yeah, yeah. Affirmative so like the, action. Yeah, the, well, um, that, like, absolutely discounts everything that I did. Like, I had, like, a 3.8 GPA at the time, and, like, I went into the school of music and dance, like, auditioned in, so, like, not only did I need to have the grades, but I needed to have the talent, mm -hmm. and none of that had anything to do with me being native. But, like, she was basically saying... Uh, she was discounting my achievements. Yeah, or, like, not many people can make it into a four-year 
my point about like the microaggressions is when it happens it's it's hard to like react so I know it's kind of an unfair question asking you well how did you react because it's like some of them are overt and you can be like well that's just not accurate you are incorrect or you are being rude other times saying something feels like making a bigger deal out of it than it needs to be and like like at what point do we draw the line like jen had mentioned and i stars and constellations so these individual instances that happen turn into a bigger picture so yeah this one thing happened to you but like how many times did that happen to you and how did that affect you while you were in school like walking into a history class and you know that you're covering something that has to do with natives and you're like great get ready to get stared at again <laughs> like what does that do to you long term like do you feel like all of these small instances that didn't seem that important but you were uncomfortable like how many uncomfortable instances does it take to have a long-term effect on you i honestly don't think it would take much of a long time honestly because um, i know personally i've always been addicted to people pleasing and that just adds on to the efforts of trying to appeal rather than you know disappoint because of that you have eyes on you and people are looking at you for the standard because they've never seen like a native they're gonna judge a whole population instead of just judging you because and then you know we're all dispersed everywhere so it's like it feels like into it in that perspective and all of that which people can do irrationally really could affect you long term in terms of you know always wanting to please rather than just showing who you are like you don't need to prove yourself to anybody having that pressure that's so unnecessary it's because of other people's ignorance and it's their responsibility to fix their own prejudices mm -hmm. and having that put on you as a person like it's unfair feeling like it was my problem when somebody said something to me or made me feel a certain way it's like what's wrong with me that i felt that way uh, obviously everybody else seemed fine with what they said it's just me being sensitive it's not it's not my problem it's the fact that when they see me when they interact with me they feel privileged enough in their own existence to be able to try to analyze my own existence and make me question things that they have no right having that sort of influence on me so it, like them problem mm -hmm. it isn't at the end of the day it's more so like the people who are you know i guess quote unquote making us feel this way are projecting their insecurities and their ignorance and their lack of knowledge onto us that makes us feel have that imposter syndrome like who really am I like all this other stuff because if other people are questioning it then it starts to make you think hmm should I be questioning it too when at the end of the day we're not the ones to be answering questions it's the public's responsibility to invest their time if they want to know into separate communities but the native community as a whole around the world thank you for listening to our podcast indigenize this podcast is recorded weekly at the NRC. We welcome community participation. Check us out on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. See you in seven days. See you next week.
Bye.